This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You're listening to the Happy as a Mother podcast, and today we are welcoming Dr. Morgan Cutlip to the show. Dr. Morgan has her PhD in psychology, and she has an online platform called My Love Things. On her platform, she develops resources and courses both in person and online, which is really, really interesting because she's got the clinical knowledge, therapist knowledge and mindset and perspective, but she also knows how to teach and break it down in a really cool, applicable way. Today, Dr. Morgan is here to talk with us about the mental load. And if you follow me on Instagram at all, you know that I do this invisible load series, which is helping us to see and understand, really to name the invisible loads that we carry as moms so that we can more effectively manage them, delegate them, communicate them to our partner. And Dr. Morgan is here to help us with exactly that today. She's here to help us understand what the mental load is, how to manage it, and how to communicate it and share it with our partner effectively. Before jumping into today's episode, let's hear the review of the week. This review comes from Beeler underscore K. It's titled, A Must Listen for Moms. The first episode I listened to was the one about postpartum body image. What an incredible episode at just the right time. Not only did I love it, but I also shared the podcast with many friends because you tackle many critical points we need to embrace and be talking about more as women at any point in our journey with our bodies or our babies. Thank you for a thoughtful, supportive podcast. Can't wait to dive into more episodes. Thank you so much for this incredible review. It makes me so happy to know that you listened to something and it was so changing for you that you went and you shared it with your friends because you wanted them to have the same knowledge and understanding. I really appreciate when you share it. Thank you so much for being here and joining these episodes with me. Without further ado, let's hear my conversation with Dr. Morgan. Welcome to the Happy as a Mother podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you cope with the load of motherhood. I'm your host and registered psychotherapist, Erica Jossa. Let's work together in letting go of shame and guilt, accepting where we are in our journey, and moving towards becoming the women we want to be. We will hear from experts, learn practical tips, and listen in on honest conversations. Please note that the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not replace the advice of your healthcare provider. Okay, let's dive in. Dr. Morgan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We've been connecting back and forth on Instagram, and I've been a big (laughs) fan of yours for a while now. So thanks for joining the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. The feeling is completely mutual. So you are a relationship coach expert. You have your doctorate in psychology. You do a lot of really cool and interesting things. So can you (laughs) tell us how you got into, well, you're building this Instagram platform, but it comes from another online platform that you have as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? 
Sure. I've actually um, been in the field of relationship education development for the past 13 years where I've worked with my dad and together we've created um, courses that teach people how to have healthy relationships. So uh, we have course for singles, course for couples, and now we have courses for families and fathers. And so really spent my time being in this sort of educational side of psychology and relationships. It's really interesting because like education, psychoeducation, empowering people with education is just that. Like it's so empowering. It gives them the skills and the yes. tools, right? Yes. I love that. Is it in person, online? Yeah. So for a long time, we did a lot of in-person trainings and workshops, and we still continue to do that. But over the last couple of years, we've taken all of our courses, and these courses have been empirically validated. They are taught at universities and the military, and we've created online versions of them. So we have our singles course, which is called Head Meets Heart, and then we have a course called Rock Solid Marriage for Couples. And so those are all available um, online, have workbooks, videos, all sorts of things. So, so cool. And we're bringing you here today to talk about mental load stuff because yes. this is something that I just talk about so much, get so many questions about, so many people experience and feel this. And this is one of your newer products that you've got going on as well. So you've done lots of research and stuff in this area. So let's unpack for those who might not know when we say mental load, like what is it exactly that we're talking about? Yeah. So the mental load is kind of something that goes by many names. So um, sometimes this is called emotional labor or the invisible labor or the emotional load, but it's, it's basically like this invisible running list of to-dos that um, it's usually women, that women carry and manage in their minds um, how they just take care of all the things. So involved in some of the stuff with the mental load is things like managing the relationships in your home, managing the relationships outside of the home, um, planning things, researching. I mean, we spend I mean, I don't know. I spend countless hours researching things having to do with our kids and our marriage and all of these things. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's the organizing, it's the emotional support we keep tabs on and we provide to our family members and our kiddos. It's and it's all like the worry work too that is behind all that um, women and moms do. Yeah. And I know that when I work with, I do also quite a bit of couple work in person. And I know that when I work with couples, um, this is often something that comes up in the the parenting relationship and the relationship between the two of them, right? It's like maybe mom is more prone to research parenting styles or new techniques yes. or different things like that and just feels the burden of that load but has a hard time kind of putting it into words or communicating it yes. to partner. And partner, if they're not inclined to think in that way has a really hard time understanding all of this invisible work, right? Yes. Yeah. One of the first suggestions I always give is is a preventative one because what usually happens is the mental load is really present just when you're first married, when you're first together as a couple. But then after you have kids, it just intensifies so, so much. So one of the things I always recommend is just watch out for these like subtle handoffs that start to occur in a relationship that don't mean that much in the beginning and one by one don't mean that much. But as the relationship continues, as kids get thrown into the mix, these agreements 
tend to pile up. So what am I talking about? I'm talking Mm -hmm, about things like um, you get invited to a party. Who does the RSVPing? Who buys Mm. the present? Like who, (laughs) who is responsible for reminding the other partner about the party? Or it's holidays. Who's researching, buying the gifts, mailing the gifts, getting the cards ready? You know, all these things that we might just pick up as not a big deal, but then suddenly start to become part of the norm in our relationship and what we're taking on as our responsibility, but we've never really discussed with our partners. So um, I always say, watch out for these little things that you're just taking care of without any discussion that just start to add up and become a big burden later on. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say like it starts back to, we start to shape these norms in our relationship even before kids come along, yes, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I know from research, um, you know, they find that women who do the best right after having a baby are the ones that throw their partners into the mix from the beginning. So that's just like another preventative piece is like get, get them involved from the get-go. You know, Mm. the sooner that you can kind of let them figure it out, let them learn how to change a diaper, let your partner learn how to, you know, keep a, keep a baby entertained or, or wear the baby around the house, the, the better the moms ultimately will do in terms of just their emotional uh, well-being during that time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I've had, I'm coming off of a week full of clients this week, and I work with a lot of moms with postpartum depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and that handing over of, of baby to anyone <laughs> can be hard for moms initially, Indeed. right? Yes. Um, this baby feels like. Uh, like an extension of our body, like a little organ of ours. It's kind of still a part of us that people are yes. carding and carrying around. So it's not maybe. Um, it doesn't maybe come naturally at first. You may have to work hard at at handing over that responsibility or letting partner get involved because it doesn't come naturally. Like you kind of want to keep baby. I know my experience. Like in the first few weeks, I just wanted baby to be all mine, right? Totally. Yeah. It's a super vulnerable thing to do. And with emotions and hormones and all the things just at an all-time high, it can be really challenging. But it's so important to kind of maybe maybe act a little bit differently than you're feeling in that moment because ultimately it's going to it's going to pay off both for the baby um to have a chance to bond with a partner but also for the mom's own emotional well-being. Yeah. Yeah. I have a um on Instagram I do an invisible load series. I do I know, one or I two a it. week. Yeah, and it is just one of those things that I get so much feedback on that I keep yeah. it going and I talk about different loads that we carry in different ways. So for example, we did a birthday party one, all the things involved in planning a birthday party (laughs) or all the things involved in prepping for Monday morning, you know, and the start of the week. Or I just did a COVID related one and it's going kind of bananas right now because there's such a unique load to dealing with this whole COVID situation. So like one of the strategies that I find really helpful, and this is why I'm trying to empower moms in this way, is to like, I put the load of this one seemingly, you know, small task yes. and I unpack all of the invisible pieces to that and put it on paper. And that's to one, validate moms that, hey, this is yes. a heck of a lot of work that you're carrying. And two, a lot of moms actually tag their partners on it to be like, hey, like this is all that's involved in, yes. in this task. And that's not to say 
that moms are responsible and should carry all of this load and do. That's unrealistic and it's not possible. And I think that that's why we're here having this conversation yes. right now is that we learn to delegate and how we learn to share in that load. Mm-hmm. But it's so important to be able to communicate and help your partner see your needs in sharing that that burden or that load. Ugh, yes. I mean, that's that's one of the biggest pieces of how you handle this load is that you have to figure out ways to provide some context to your partner. Because I hear that all the time too. Like the, the partners just don't quite get it. You know, like it's something as simple as you throw a birthday party check, you know, but when you unpack it, there are all these things that are involved in that, that are, that just kind of like multiply. So Mm -hmm. yeah, giving context to what exactly the mental load looks like, what's involved, really spelling it out detail by detail is a really important piece of kind of working towards renegotiating some of the roles and responsibilities in, in the relationship really. Mm -hmm. And I know that when I actually asked my partner for help, Yes. He was more than willing to <laughs> carry a part of that. Do you know what I mean? Totally. I was just like, I'm thinking back to like a birthday party that I was planning. And I, for all their first birthdays, I went kind of like crazy. Oh, and it yeah. was really more for me than it was for them. And oh, for all yeah. the family. Like it was the whole <laughs> to do, right? Yes. And so for one, he's kind of like, you know, you took this on yourself. Like it didn't have to be this crazy. But yes. two, like... I'm like, okay, (laughs) we need all the decor and the balloons and the cupcakes and the this and the that and like all the things. So part of it was like, I felt like I, I had to do it or I wanted to do it my my way. This is a big thing that I deal with, with moms. It's like, well, if I delegate it, it's going to create more work for me later because it's not going to get done the way that I want it to be done. You're so right. That's a so huge part of it's it. Huge, so how how I kind of approach the mental load is I, I really like to have like categories of things. So okay. I approach it as um, you have to tackle the mental load from two places. The first is well, there's not a first or second. There's just two places to tack it from. One is the between. And so that's the between you and your partner, you and your significant other, and actually that relationship exchange and work that needs to be done there. But then the other is that you have to look at the within because we tell ourselves a lot of stories about what it looks like for somebody else to take things on, what the mental load looks like for us, that can sometimes be self-sabotaging. So mm-hmm. I'm talking about things like, um, if I don't do it, no one will. Mm-hmm. Or if I don't do it, everything falls apart. Or it's easier for me to do it myself. Or I shouldn't have to ask him to do this. Right. And so these these stories can really get in the way of us successfully handing things off, you know, and of us feeling comfortable asking. Um, and, and I think, too, when you put these stories on repeat, it is like breeding ground for resentment towards your partner. Mm-hmm. So – And like this, I shouldn't have to ask. Like I hear that so often. And I'm sure at a point in my life, I used to say that. And I get so sort of like righteously angry about it now (laughs) because I feel like media and society and expectations have painted this picture of relationships and love that like 
this person should just swoop in and do all the things and know all the things and like, you know, um, but they cannot read our minds. I know. They cannot. And like we are the keeper of our Mm -hmm. needs. Yes. We we have to take responsibility, right? Right. We have to have some ownership over what we need and when we need it. And I think that, you know, it can be, what is it, uh, maternal gatekeeping, right? It can be like a little bit intimidating, I think, for our partners to kind of step into things that we've tended to take care of. Mm -hmm. And going back to this preventative piece, you know, I talked about in the beginning, you know, throughout the course of our relationship, throw kids, kids into the mix, we have accumulated all these things that we take care of. Then we reach a saturation point and we're like, oh my gosh, somebody needs to help me. This is too much. My load is too heavy. And we expect our partner to then at that point step in and know what we need. No way. Mm-hmm. No way. We've set a precedent in our relationship. And so now to undo some of that, it's going to take some intentional work and it's going to take some work on our own mindset and our own responsibility for how we might get in the way of it. But also we're, we're going to have to have some direct conversations. And part of that is asking. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a piece of how you're starting to reno- renegotiate some of these responsibilities and ultimately lessen the load. Yeah. That's it's really interesting too because I feel like shame plays a big piece in this. Mm-hmm. I should, I should, I hear this all the time. I should be able to do these things. Yeah. Like and if I ask for help or if I cannot carry all of these things, it's an admission of not being a yes. good enough mother. Yes. Right? Yeah, Um, I mean, sorry, go ahead. No. (laughs) I get so excited about this. I know. I'm like fired up because these are like (laughs) such real conversations and I have these every day and like this impacts every single mom, right? Totally does. You know, and it's, it's, that comes back to, that's why I like to do the between and the within because that comes back to the within work. You know, what are these sort of, um, impossible standards that you have set for yourself and potentially even others. And, and every time you don't meet one of these impossible standards, you start to feel this guilt or you feel this shame. And so part of the work is really tapping into what these are for you and working to re, um, restructure those, right? To to mm-hmm. make them more in line with reality. And so that's a lot of just the individual work that needs to be done around the mental load. Yeah. Yeah. I'm loving this. This is really, really interesting. So (laughs) let's like organize it a little bit here. When we're talking about managing the mental load, Yes. what kinds of things are we talking about? So, okay. So one of the things that's important, which I think is probably one of the more common pieces of advice is that you have to make the invisible visible. So this is a between thing. This is what you're doing with your partner. And part of it is providing some context, like I was saying earlier, to what is actually involved in your mental load. And you can get like you can take some serious time doing this. Some people have gotten Excel sheets and they just start listing out everything that they do and sharing it with their partner. Partner writes everything that he does or she does and then you write all your stuff and you exchange them and you sit down and then you have a discussion around how can we renegotiate some of these responsibilities. If you think about it, we fall into roles and responsibilities and how they're divided without much conversation in relationships. So Mm -hmm. it feels uncomfortable, 
to talk about this stuff, but it's totally okay to check in and to renegotiate this stuff during certain times in our relationship. So try to like yeah. get, get over, right, that discomfort. Um, after the you're sitting down and you're looking at the list, then it just is really about how you want to re-divvy things up. So um, how do you delegate? And I, and I like to use, you know, two things. What do I like? What does my partner like? What am I good at? What is my partner good at? Um, sometimes we don't let our partner show how good they can be at certain things because we like to be the ones who take care of it or we kind of hold, have a tight grip on things. But sometimes our partners can really surprise us as to what they're good at and maybe do better than us. Mm-hmm. So have some conversations around what do you like to do and what are you good at? Um, I love that. And I have like a really kind of silly practical example of this. Yeah. I am the worst refiller of life. <laughs> like I, admittedly, like if there was a support group, I would be in it. Like it's so – like my brain doesn't even realize until the thing is gone that like we are running out. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. And I'm sure it irritates my husband so much. Oh he gosh. is the opposite of that. Like he was preparing for this COVID situation. Like we had a That's stock awesome. up of all the things we needed <laughs> before COVID hit. So, but like we play to each other's strengths in that situation. Yes. Like he kind of knows that's his thing. That's what he does. I'm a lot more like I like to plan the outings with the kids or like plan the activities with the kids. And so we divide up the labor in that way. And we know what our strengths and our weaknesses are. Yes. And I'm sure that it frustrates him sometimes that. I don't refill the thing or whatever, or if it doesn't make it onto the list and he doesn't know to refill it. But at the same time, there is this understanding between us that like, I'm just really the worst. Like I'm the worst refiller. It's not my, like I just, yeah, it's just not my thing. (laughs) Well, like I'm kind of hoping that during this whole COVID thing that people, couples will maybe come to realize each other's strengths in different ways. Like for example, our dog is just a mess right now and he's on more prescriptions than I could even count. And I usually would be the person taking on all of that. So worrying about getting, giving him his pills and his eye drops and all. And it's like having my husband home, I just said, you're in charge of the dog and he's brilliant at it. I didn't even know. So like, all right, (laughs) you have permanently taken over this responsibility. (laughs) Yeah. And my husband is also home right now. He's not commuting to like into Toronto, which is a crazy commute for him, like an hour and 45 minutes one way in traffic. So he's home and we're alternating getting up with the boys each day. Oh, and see? I'm like, what kind of magical life is right? this right now? Like, I know there's a lot go going on in the world and I know that like, you know, <laughs> but in our own little bubble, I'm like, oh my goodness, what is yeah. happening? Yeah. yeah. So I do, I think you're right. I think it is really challenging parents to have to rejig a lot, especially if they're working from home and the mm-hmm. kids are at home. There's a lot that they're juggling right now. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, so in terms of managing, yes, so we've so, got like make the invisible visible and yes, we've got and delegate. Yeah. And then the next is hire out. And so I'm always careful when I suggest this because, um, you know, it obviously depends on people's financial situation, what they yeah. can afford to actually hire out. But there are a lot of things that aren't very expensive that save a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I order my groceries online. 
I have to tip the person whatever I want, but there's no fee involved in that on top of just what my groceries cost, you know, or are there, are there, um, if you have a sitter ever, can you ask them to fold some laundry? You know, are there things that you can hire out that relieve both partners of having to worry about that responsibility? Yeah. And it's interesting too, like I feel like expectations play such a big role. Again, we were talking about this at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. For some reason, as moms, we have this expectation that like our house should be spotless and like totally. someone should be able to turn up at any moment and like we should be able to welcome them in, you know? Yes. Um, the reality with three young boys at home is like that's not the case. And I've been working all day. If you were to come in my front door right now, there are toys all over the living room floor because that's how the kids have left it for right now. Yeah. And like having realistic expectations around how things should, you know, air quotes should be, has made a huge impact for me because I am working, you know, building a business, also seeing clients and working in a practice, parenting three kids, trying to keep a like a house going. And if we can't hire out like a housekeeper, which we aren't in a position to do right now, then we kind of tag team and and adjust our expectations to what, like if there's a laundry pile for a couple of days, there's a laundry pile. Like if there is, you know, like in my book, (laughs) I know I I once I'm sure folded a laundry mountain that probably had like 10 loads of laundry, but, (laughs) but I prioritized other things over folding the laundry that week. And that's okay. No, there is no rule that tells me that my laundry has to be folded. Like, you know, I'm not a good mom or a bad mom. Like I'm no less of a mother because I had a laundry mountain. Exactly. Yeah. Like my last point under this category is just what can you let go of, you know, and a part of that, yeah, is, is how can you kind of change your expectations or rewire your expectations to fit with what's realistic in your life? And I think, you know, some of it too, is that within work, you know, if, it can be it can be helpful to check in with those beliefs like i'm a bad mom if my house isn't put together type of yeah. beliefs mm-hmm. um but then also to check in with your partner maybe you believe that your partner expects the house to be clean at the end of the day but maybe they don't and so kind of really having an open conversation with your partner where you're like you know, I feel like I need to have the house completely put away before you get home and it stresses me out. Is this something that's important to you or am I like projecting my own stuff onto yeah. you and you don't really need this from me? So, you know, that's part of kind of like, what can you let go of? What can you drop? What can you, you know, check in with each other? Are you on the same page about how the home needs to be run? Yeah. Yeah, like this whole idea like, oh, I need to have home-cooked dinners every night. My husband's more than happy to go and make himself some eggs and toast for dinner. Totally, right? You know, while I catch up on work or I do what I need to do. Yeah. 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 Another thing is like we we did touch on this, but it's it's the asking for help piece. Like I always give that its own sort of punched out category just because I think so many people struggle with it. And I like to – break it into two ways of asking for help. So um, you can do these things 
like an anticipatory way of asking for help. Um, so the night before, hey, tomorrow I have an early meeting. Um, can you get up with the kids and feed them breakfast and then I'll take over, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think people are having to do a lot of that right now given our current situation. So, you know, asking before it comes up can save some of that like in the moment frustration we might feel when we have these expectations our partner isn't meeting. But then also there's ways to ask in the moment. I think that, you know, we need to think about too, you know, hey, we're heading out the door. Please get the kids water bottles and their shoes on, you know, and just throwing it out there. But it's it's so important that we make these expectations and these needs known and we communicate those to one another. One of the most relentless mental loads is being the juggler of medical appointments. Researching doctors, reading reviews, making phone calls to book appointments, it's a lot of stress when you're already juggling so much invisible labor. That's what makes ZocDoc great for moms. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of highly rated in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. ZocDoc has doctors of all specialties, including therapists, psychiatrists, and psychologists, with verified patient reviews so you can make sure they check all your boxes. You can find mental health providers who offer in-person appointments, virtual consults, or both, whatever works for you. The typical wait time to see a mental health provider booked on ZocDoc is just four days. Sometimes you can even book same-day appointments. Make juggling appointments easier with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com momwell and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated therapist, psychiatrist, or psychologist today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash momwell. ZocDoc.com slash momwell. Mealtime with kids can be stressful, but with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals, it can be a lot easier. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready-to-eat in just two minutes. No worrying about ingredients and nutrition, no prep, no mess, and no cooking while wrangling toddlers. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Factor can even be tailored to your schedule. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Take the stress out of meals with Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash momwell50 and use code momwell50 to get 50% off your first box. Want to get smarter about your health but feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction? We hear a lot about gut health, microbiomes, and other nutrition topics, but taking the time to research these is exhausting, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. The Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast makes it so much easier to get the information you need. With the help of world-leading scientists, the podcast gives you research-based information so you can make informed choices for yourself without pressure and guilt. People are loving Zoe Science and Nutrition. 
Listener Stephanie's Apple Review says the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast is a life-changing, science-based, myth-busting podcast. That's a must-listen for anyone who eats food and wants to understand how it affects their body. With the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast, you can join Stephanie and millions of others accessing quality information about their health. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. What I'm hearing is that communication is such a big part of coping with and dealing with the mental load. Totally. Yeah. Right? Like communicating in the sense of like for one, within yourself, like you had said, acknowledging and really understanding what it is and then being able to communicate that with your partner ahead of time or in the moment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like then, you know, once you have – actually had conversations around this. You've given some context to what the mental load looks like. Um, You've come up with some new ways of sharing it, of delegating it. Um, Then you just got to like get out of your partner's way. I, I feel like, you know, then it comes back to these stories we tell ourselves. So if we delegate something to our partner and they are cool with taking it on and then they do it and we're like, you know, uh, micromanaging it or criticizing it or or we're, we're trying to impose on them our way of doing with it, we can self-sabotage these attempts mm-hmm. at really letting um, our partner get into this, get into this realm with us and help out. Yeah. Um, I was talking with a client once and, and she, she was feeling frustrated about how much her partner got done when she was doing some work. And so I just said, let's just quantify it. You know, how many times have you meal prepped in the life of your family? You know, and it's like she couldn't even count because she's Mm -hmm. been doing it up until like the last week, you know, and it was like, okay, so just your amount, you know, you've done it hundreds of times compared to your partner's three. Um, Let's, you know, give them some time to figure it out, to catch up, to um, fail and find their own way. Your way isn't the only way. Yeah. So part of it then is just, you know, examining the stories you tell yourself and then getting out of your partner's way so that they can they can fail and they can figure it out. Yeah, totally. And, and if it's different than yours, like I will hear from clients that I work with or moms that – if they do it, then this won't get done or that get done or I'll come back and there'll be this to do or that to do or whatever, yes. right? And it's yes. like working together. It's not going to be perfect from the get-go. Nope. You guys are going to have to communicate your way through. If it's not done and there's a task like putting away the dishes after that doesn't get done with meal prep or like dinner that night, yeah. then you have a conversation about how that's a part of the task that you usually do. Because again, it comes back to the fact that our, our partners aren't just going to know all of the things exactly. that are a part of, of the task, right? Yeah, totally. I yeah. I will never forget. This is like my go-to story on this because it just captures it perfectly. But like I was super bad at involving my partner with the kids. I, I really just did – I took everything on myself and I was losing my mind. And um, I will never forget one summer. So we had two kids. This is how long I waited to let him do this. And I said, can you just take the kids to the pool? Like, I just, I need a minute. And he's like, yeah, no problem. So I go, I'll meet you there. So I meet him there at the pool. This is the first time I didn't pack a bag. I didn't get anything ready. I show up. He's at the pool. They have no dry clothes. They have no, (laughs) they have no snacks, which, you know, you can't go anywhere without snacks with young kids. And he has no towels. And you know what? 
it's fine. Like it, it was just like I could have I could have criticized him. I could have freaked out. What are you thinking? You don't even go you don't even grab towels. Don't you need a towel? You know, but it was like, nope. This was his first go. He, I've done all the work for him. That's on me. You yeah. know, and he needs to take a take an inventory next time and think about what he'll have to pack. And so I, you know, thanks for taking him, but hey, next time you might want to make sure you got a bag ready. It's so true. Like if they've never done it before and we haven't, you know, kind of let them figure it out on their own, it's like it's like when we're working with, I don't know, different families and people take on these roles, if we do it for them all the time, like we do the things for our kids as they're becoming teenagers and becoming more independent or we do things for our spouses, yeah. they – for one, don't really choose to have to do it. Why would they choose to yes. do it if somebody's doing it for them? Yeah. And two, don't learn all of the steps and things involved because we're stepping in and we're cushioning the, you know, like we're doing all the work. We're cushioning yes. the discomfort of that learning process or whatever. Totally. So that's so important to kind of not not let them fail in like a, you know. In a dangerous way. No, fail, not at but, all. But in a benign way. Yeah. Yeah. Like in yeah. a way that they learn all the pieces involved and they've got to think, yeah. do the mental load, emotional prep stuff on their own. Because what will happen is the moms will talk about like, okay, well, in order for me to go and have my night out or my break, I have to do all of the prep and then all of the cleanup. And like, again, so we're still doing all of the emotional or mental labor just to go and have a break, yeah. right? Which is and not even a break then. <laughs> no. And then our partner doesn't even know really all the prep that has gone into it because yes. they haven't had to do it or figure it out along the way. And then they don't know necessarily what we're doing on the tail end of that when we come back because we haven't delegated or handed any of that responsibility yeah. off for them to have to figure it out, right? It's Exactly. Yeah, we are not doing ourselves or them any favors. It's almost like that learned helplessness, right? It's like we just continue to like do everything for them. They yeah. don't have to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I came up with so five different um, ways that we commonly kind of like sabotage okay. um, this handoff that I always I always get good reactions to this. So I figure it might be worth oh, sharing. I'm interested. But, I'm um, so interested. Yeah. Because <laughs> I find that, you know, a lot of women will be so frustrated with the mental load. And then when you really talk to them about how they go about handing it off or how they talk to their partner when their partner doesn't maybe do it the same way they do, um, it can be kind of discouraging, I think, to their partners. So this is some of the within work for sure. But um, the first is personalization. So I think we do this just a lot in marriages um, anyway, in relationships where um, our partner doesn't do something that we think they should do. So an example is like sometimes I'll find um, my husband's underwear right outside the shower. And so personalization <laughs> would be, oh, my gosh, he doesn't care at all about right. how I like to have a clean house. Like right. this is like – this is some personal offense against me. Mm -hmm. um, and that just – again, is just a great way to head right into resentment and have a pretty nasty attitude towards your partner. And so working to depersonalize a lot of these things, you know, there's always another perspective, which yeah. is, in that example is, um, gosh, he had a lot on his mind this morning. If he tossed his underwear off and left them on the floor, he must have been busy and distracted and I'm happy mm. to pick them up for him, right? So 
kind of like if my husband took it personally every time I forgot to refill something. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like I can just see it now. Like we would be like he would be so frustrated with me. But I I'm just juggling three kids a lot of the time or got a lot going on. Like, you know, I just yeah, it's not personal at all. Our partners probably extend us so much grace around those things that we don't even realize. So it's nice to like you're saying take a moment be like, okay, well, I don't refill things and that's probably annoying and he doesn't ride me about that one. So yeah, exactly. Remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one is impatience. That's the whole thing where um, it's like, you know, I don't want to explain this to you. I'm just going to do it myself. Yes. Or, or I don't want to wait ask- until you're ready to do it. I just want it done like when I want it done. Exactly. I yeah. Think I hear that constantly. So working to just, you know, mention what you need and give them some space or taking the time to explain it. Because when you explain it, you are um, setting the stage for them to take it on um, on their own initiative next time. So it's worth it. Uh, the next is micromanaging. I see this a lot too. So that's just the whole idea of, you know, you're doing it, but do it like this or do it like that or mm-hmm. you're not quite doing it the right way. And it goes right along with criticizing. Um, yeah, you got the kids dressed, but look what they're wearing. Right? Right. It's like who wants to keep helping out when when that's, you know, how it's met. Yes. And then the last one's keeping score. So By the time couples sit down to really talk about the mental load, it's really common that um, the the wife is just like done, just Mm. ticked off and overburdened. And so it's really hard to not get in the mentality of like, yeah, you took this one thing off my plate, but that's a drop in the bucket. Like look at all the other things that I'm doing. And so it's really important to be be appreciative, um, to work hard not to keep score even though um, it's not, you know, it's not even. Yeah. When, you know, <laughs> we, we do more uh, most of the time. So to work hard to kind of challenge some of that stuff. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I love it. And I – I talk about how when you feel resentment that or you're like judging your partner, you're like, oh, they always do this or they don't do that. That is a big red flag that you have an unmet need. Yes. Right? And then that unmet need comes directly back to you. You are the keeper of your needs. You are the only one who knows who they are, what they are. You're the only one who can articulate them and advocate for them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we get in this mindset of asking for help is like a weakness. Mm -hmm. But I am like really – I don't know. When I feel empowered that like these are my needs and I need to get them met, like I feel like it's a very empowering stance to be in to be your own keeper, to be your own sort of not like rescuer, but like I'm Mm -hmm. very kind of feminist and like I don't need a man for anything, (laughs) you know? Yeah. But I also know that part of taking care of me and my needs is asking for help, is leaning into my partner in a way that they're able to help and support me. Yeah. And like you said, you're usually pleasantly surprised by their reaction. Yeah. And I think that's the case for a lot, not every, but a lot of couples out there is that their partner is willing to help. It's just they're not sure what to do. Yeah. 
So, And, you know, I can't help but think about and, and spend a little bit of time talking about those who don't have a supportive partner mm. or those where partners are away at work or in the military or yeah. um, single moms you know, yeah, yeah. and the the mental load and the load just generally speaking looks significantly different in those situations. Totally. Um, and so if you're one of those moms and you're listening and you're feeling like this doesn't apply or like, I wish I had that support, like I'm just, yes. you know, my gut feels that for you. Like I really understand yeah. and know that it's different. Um that being said, I do feel like all the more important to ask for help, to yes. advocate for the things that you need, to rally a support system around mm -hmm. you, family, extended family, mom, friends, you know, community Absolutely. of some kind. But I definitely do see and acknowledge that the load looks different for those those types totally. of families, right? Yeah. You know, I have a lot of friends who um, who are military, so um, who've had their husbands on like, pretty long deployments and um, friends who firefighters or police officers who are working overnights. And actually my husband um, usually is gone several weeks of the month. So, Oh, um, really? Yeah. I realize I'm, you know, I'm not talking about single moms at this moment, but, um, you know, just uh, when you have partners that are not that available, it absolutely, it looks way different um, and can be a really challenging thing to navigate. I feel like personally, um, you know, when I was little, my parents always had this line for my sister and I, and they would say, things will not always be equal, but we will do our best to make them fair. And I really keep that in mind when I think about um, how our load is divided in our home because I do do a lot more of it just as because of his schedule and his amount of travel. And so, you know, I ask the the women who have partners who aren't around very often, you know, what are some ways to help it feel more fair? Mm -hmm. um, how can you get creative with feeling like it's, it's going to be, it's going to feel a little bit fairer to you than it maybe currently does because chances are it won't ever really be equal. Right. Um, but I think that's a real important, important piece is kind of, yeah, finding what feels, what feels good and manageable. And then really, I mean, it requires so much then more work on your mindset. You know, how can I find things to be grateful for given how much I have to carry independently and on my own? Yeah. Um, and, and that is some hard work in terms of the, the women have to do this on their own. Mm -hmm. so I think you know. I think I did a post on it, but just finding some peace in the storm is kind yeah. of what it becomes about. And like when you talk about fairness, are there any practical things that maybe you do, or some examples that you can think of that really help? Like I think about if I was in that situation, um, I would want to claim some like solo me time on the times yeah. when they're home, maybe yeah. for example. Yeah. So that's, you know, that again, like I had a tendency to take almost everything on. And so it took me a while to feel empowered to really assert my needs, um, but not anymore. So that's all good. But yeah, it's it's doing exactly what you said. So when he gets home, 
um, saying if he doesn't initiate it, which I used to get upset with, I just say, listen, I need a little bit of alone time. This has been intense. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm constantly on the clock, plus I'm working and I need a little break. And he's always happy to give it to me. You know, he misses the kids. He's happy to do it. Um, he's also been really supportive of me getting as much help as we can reasonably, you know, afford to get. Yeah. And it feels good in terms of how much time I'm with the kids or somebody else is with the kids. And so he's had to be probably more open to allowing me to bring other people in or bring other services in to help when we could, when we could swing it. Um, and he's always happy to pick up dinner so I don't have to cook. So (laughs) he's he's very gracious with, with lots of things that help, that help it feel more fair. I can remember being on maternity leave and like my third maternity leave. I talk about this openly on the podcast. I went through some postpartum depression after my third baby. I had three mm-hmm. boys back to back and, you know, it was just a lot. And um, and so my husband would like turn up after being gone a 12-hour day for work like with mm-hmm. pizza for dinner. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I love <laughs> you. you. Know? Like, you know, he just like <laughs> saved the whole day. Like I don't have to, yes. you know, and, and feeling like that bit of relief and off off the clock a little bit. Um, yes. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how even those small gestures and like if your husband or your partner is traveling and you don't have them around, asking mm-hmm. for a grandparent to come and give you that time yes. or to bring pizza, have your husband, you know, communicate that if you could send skip the dishes or if that's what it is here <laughs> in Canada, but like Uber Eats or something like surprise right. us with Uber Eats, like do something totally. even while you're away to like show that you're thinking about and carrying that responsibility in your mind, you know, exactly um, little things like that. I like those ideas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love this whole like, well, now we're really in the era of ordering food now that like so much is shut down, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, getting creative with how we do these kinds of things. Absolutely. I'm loving this so much. I feel like this applies to so like every mom really who's going to listen to this. And it's interesting because it really intersects this whole like you said, this within work, this individual work within ourselves as moms. So our own mental health work, our own stories we're telling ourselves and our relationship and communication with our partner. Yes. Like both of those things are being tested here or are needing, you know, a little bit of fine tuning in order to make this machine run smoothly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like like the last piece of advice I always give is to so to do all this right this renegotiation do some of that within work but then schedule a follow up and even better if you can have ongoing regular meetings together to sit down and kind of check in with each other because you might find that you delegated it one way and then it wasn't quite feeling right, you know, or the one partner wasn't holding up their end of the bargain. You just need to have time that's already scheduled to just, you know, touch base and talk about it. And I feel like that normalizes, you know, I feel like when we hear those words, like we need to talk, you know, people get immediately a little bit defensive Mm. and a little bit activated. So if you can just get something on the schedule that's reoccurring, it, it 
neutralizes that and normalizes that, yeah, we're going to have to talk about this stuff and it's not a big deal. Yeah. And also it helps to spread out the role of being the relationship manager, which is another role that women tend to occupy in relationships is that they're the ones who are like, we need a date. We need to check in. Like I feel distant, you know, kind of managing that relationship. So if you can get something on the books, yeah. Where you can come together, talk about it. Um, and then it's not on the the woman's plate. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself is a really nice thing to kind of spread out in between the two people, you know, in the relationship. Yeah. A follow-up like, is this working? Is there something that we could be yeah. doing differently? Just because you give it a go one time doesn't mean that that's going to be the thing that fits for you guys, right? It may exactly. be some trial and error to find a really good flow of what works. Exactly. And you before we wrap up, do you have any tips or would you recommend something to a mom whose partner may not be supportive in carrying the load? Mm. Yeah, I think that is actually the hardest question. It's a hard question. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that um, at that point, it becomes heavily reliant on the within and um, trying to maintain some sort of decent attitude toward your partner and doing your best to find ways to take care of yourself when you don't have a partner who seems to be too concerned about how you're taken care of. Yeah. I find that sometimes and actually oftentimes if one partner starts to kind of do things a little bit differently, even when their other partner is not on board, sometimes just that one little change can start to kind of ripple into the dynamic and can lead to some productive change. So that would be the hope that one partner is working on their attitude, um, trying to, to – trying to like safeguard them from having deep resentments towards their partner, works on ways of caring for themselves as best that they can during that time. And then you hope that that will eventually lead to some productive discussions with their partner down the road, which Mm -hmm. is, yeah. Yeah. Like, cause at the end of the day, that resentment is really eating at you and interfering with your, um, like happiness or vibe yes. or whatever, yes, exactly. right? Yes. So, um, not that, not that we want to normalize it and take it all on. But no. if your partner is struggling to be supportive, and you know your your maybe relationship isn't in a really great spot at this moment, then trying to work on carving out your own boundaries and happiness and getting your own needs met is an important part of your own self-care and survival and preventing burnout as well, right? Absolutely. And it's a hard thing to do, but, you know, I've noticed in my own relationship and people I know, sometimes when they, when you find yourself kind of in a better place, your partner is like, also in a better place or more receptive or more likely to take initiative. So I don't know if you've noticed that before, but I, so I think that there is a lot of importance in how you're taking care of yourself and how you're kind of working on your own mindset around these things. Um, And just hoping that it has kind of this trickle down effect into your relationship. Yeah. And I would say it's never too early to seek out a marriage and family therapist oh, or couples yeah, therapist. Absolutely. I know that I am like licensed to do couples work. I see, you know, a fair amount of couples. 
And there is a trend that people wait until they're pretty much on their way Mm -hmm. out the door before seeking therapy or support. These are the types of conversations that you can be having in a neutral environment with a couple's therapist who is going to help with that fairness factor, right? Like it may not be equal, but will it feel fair? And they're going to be the the therapist that is aligned with that relationship, not either one of the partners, to really help get the system kind of flowing properly. So if that's one thing I could say, if you have the resources, if you have the ability to work with a therapist um, or or your partner is open and and willing to do that, it is never too soon. Like I think that even before people get married, it's just helpful to go and have these conversations with people. And you're so right. People like usually don't feed their relationship until it's starving. So it's We need to get out of that mindset and take care of it. And the more preventative stuff we can do, the better. Exactly. I wholeheartedly agree with that. (laughs) Oh, Dr. Morgan, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been wonderful. So where can people find you? I know that you've got actually a course coming out on mental load stuff in a couple of weeks, right? Yes. So I have a course coming out on the middle of April called The Mother Load, Helping Couples Unite to Tackle the Mental Load. Um, And so you can find out about that. Um, at the website online.mylovethinks.com or you can follow me on Instagram at mylovethinks. And I love your Instagram page. You're always you. offering, you know, insightful tidbits for for moms and for couples. I love your graphics and how you break it down. Just so digestible. So thank yeah, you. definitely go that. go give you a follow because I love the content that you share. So thank you so thank much. You. And I appreciate the work that you do. I appreciate the fact that you took the time to come and share with us today. And we look forward to having you back soon. Of course. Thank you for having me. I can't even begin to tell you how happy and honored I am that you choose to spend your time here with me each week. If you're looking for the resources and things that were discussed in today's show, you can find them in the show notes, which is linked in the episode description, or you can head directly to happyasamother.co slash podcast and find all of the show notes there. If you're looking for support and connection with other moms, you can head over to facebook.com slash groups slash happy as a mother and join our Facebook community. This community is filled with women just like you and I who want to support and uplift one another through our postpartum journey. And until next episode, mama, I want you to know, keep showing up. You're doing a great job. Settling is not an option for Everything me. I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? <laughs> because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome to For the Girls podcast, hosted by Victoria Alario, For the Girls Who Want More. Listening to For the Girls will have you ready to raise the bar, stop settling for the bare minimum, and start believing you can have it all and step into the 2.0 version of you. You can catch a new episode of For the Girls every Monday across all podcast platforms. Until next time, girls.